Whiskey Business is brought to you by the law offices of Saya and Pyatt and by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. Determination, hanging on to what you believe you are supposed to do in this life. And it's not just a job. It could be the kind of person you are, determined to be the type of person you want to be. Maybe all you ever wanted to be in life was a good husband or wife or father or mother to your children. If so, good on you. Not nearly enough of them as far as I'm concerned. Or maybe you prescribe to the do-what-you-love-and-love-what-you-do philosophy in life. Staying true to that course can be sometimes tricky and full of slippery slopes. So what we do is, I think, we brilliantly expand our parameters, make the lane bigger for us to play in, change and adjust without compromising the mission we consciously or sometimes unconsciously have put ourselves on. I love what I do, and I do what I love. I started in stand-up, creatively speaking, and while it's still my first creative love, radio, and yes, this podcast, which I so look forward to doing every week, stepped in and widened the lane. I don't get to do stand-up as much as I'd like to anymore, but when I do, I sometimes wonder what would have happened had I not taken the opportunity and widened the parameters. I'd like to think I'd still be just as content because, I'll be honest, there were quite a few jobs prior to any of the creative endeavors that kept me at bay from what I do now. And now, moving forward, I plan on staying determined to those ever-widening lanes. Or... Or, shit, maybe it's just the holidays and I'm just feeling a little George Bailey-ish. Welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. I am your host, Dino Tripodis, and a big thank you to our sponsors, the law offices of Saya and Pyatt, located in Columbus, Delaware, Cleveland, and Mount Gilead. If you are <clears throat> over-imbibing, perhaps, this holiday season, you can contact them at SPLaws.com or at 888-OVI, I hate those initials, Ohio.com, or call them, 614-444-3036, if you should end up in that type of trouble. Or, and I hope this isn't the case, uh, maybe 2017 is the year you've had enough and <laughs> you and your significant other want to go your separate ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> say and buy it. Uh, could handle that as well with over 100 years of collective experience and a reputation for results, no matter what the legal matter may be. Our guest, Bottle Hansberry. This is a rare This is a rare whiskey business, folks. I will tell you, we normally record these at night. We're doing this one on a Sunday afternoon. It's only because I'm, uh, I wanted to get our guest on. I did not want him to slip away. But because, Hansberry, it's a Sunday afternoon, we are enjoying a, a boutique whiskey on a Sunday afternoon. The guest bottle is the Hudson Manhattan Rye Whiskey. And the reason 
It's a boutique whiskey. It comes in a cute, isn't that just an adorable little bottle? Yeah. And our guest doesn't drink. There is a misnomer on whiskey business. You have to drink whiskey in order to be on whiskey business. That's not true. That's not true. You do not have to imbibe. In fact, when, when our guests don't imbibe, we're like, yeah, <laughs> because that's more for Hansberry and myself. We'll talk more about the, ha- the, uh, the Hudson Manhattan rye whiskey in just a moment, but let us get to our guest, comedian, writer, Greg Warren, filmmaker. <laughs> you you got to put that on your resume, right? You, you so? make films. I've seen your films. It's generous. I've yeah. seen your short films. They're great. And as it is with a lot of comedians, um, I haven't had that many on the show, so thank you, first of all, for oh, happy cutting here, into man. your downtime. You're at the Funny Bone in Columbus this past weekend, and you're taking time off on a Sunday afternoon when most comics are probably just laying around waiting to get that last show in, and you come to my humble abode to be on this podcast because I've been telling you from the get-go when we first started this, next time you're in town, I want you on, and I yeah. missed you last time. I wouldn't miss it, man. This I is missed great. you last time. Well, I guess I would miss it, but now, I this time, I wouldn't gonna miss you. This wasn't going to miss you this time, so I don't remember where we met. Um, I was living in Cincinnati and kind of getting started in stand-up, and I would come up uh, and do... I would come up and do shows, you know, and I, we met doing, I think maybe like an open mic or like a showcase night at the Funny Bone in Columbus. And uh, I was working for Procter and Gamble at the time, selling uh, Pringles and uh, Jif oh, and stuff like that. Jobs that, um, yeah, that we necessarily, yeah, yeah, didn't want to be in. So I had one of my accounts was in uh, Columbus, so I would like sneak up here and uh, call on them, and then I'd stick around and find my way on some show, and then somehow. Um, you know, I was pretty new in the business. I think it was MCing or something at the time at the Bone, and somebody didn't show up or the headliner was out. So I wound up, me and uh, Peters, Craig Peters, uh, Petey, wound up going on your your radio show. And right. I, I'd only met you a couple of times, and uh, and I had a great. It was yeah, it was uh, it was great. it was like the first incarnation of you and Stacy, and it was uh, it was early on when I was yeah. still doing a lot of stand up still. Yeah, and I was really green, but you were you were great to me, man. And I it was like one of the first times I ever did radio, and then I and then I think I bumped into you like that same time period. You guys used to have some sort of tailgate out at the the station had something going on at the at the Ohio State games and uh, yeah. Ohio State was playing Missouri and I, uh, I you know I went went up there for that it was it was yes yeah. Sunday ninety five didn't fare well with the tailgating experience no was, no 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 at the time when we were I think our slogan back then was light rock less talk <laughs> back then. Uh, yeah, I don't think that played well on Football Saturday. Right, as far as the tailgate to get to. No, it's it's you know? it's, it's, it's yeah. not really. It may not be a match with the. At that the, time, yeah. a lot of Celine Dion and Michael Bolton. Yeah. And I um, I'm a fan of light rock. Like uh, I like it. <laughs> I had this experience recently. I went to. Uh, I, I had like plantar fasciitis. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so explain I wanna, it for explain it for those who are up. It's when your foot hurts. Don't know. Yeah. Foot yeah. hurts. It's a got lot nothing to do with peanuts. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. It sounds like a coward's uh, illness, and uh, I. I think it is actually. Could if you it, get out of the military if you had plantar? I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, I mean, if I didn't have it, and one of my friends told me that they had it, I would have not treated them. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, you have plantar fasciitis, huh? so it's your it's your fascia. Oh, oh, oh. Well, hey, you better take care of your yeah, fascia. Yeah, well, hey, by any chance did your fascia happen to turn a uh, uh, fuchsia? Uh, <laughs> you know, a confascious say, uh, man who complained of foot, foot injury 
not man. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I, but it hurts. It so hurt I had like to, a motherfucker. It hurt, it? It yes, hurt it did. crazy, yes, man. Yes, it does. So I, and I went like, I was in New York at the time when I first developed it, and um, they had me go to all this physical therapy and all this, like I, I for like a year of different tricks, and I'd go to a orthopedic guy. But usually you need to stretch more, so I'd stretch. You need to roll your foot over, uh, massage your foot five times a day. You roll your foot over golf balls, tennis balls, baseballs, softball, all the sports that you can't play because your foot hurts. <laughs> and uh, so and so they're like, you, you got to do that. And uh, so like a year I did this. And finally, I moved back to St. Louis around that time. And um, I was like, this is nothing's getting better. I finally go to this this guy there and I'm, it's a podiatrist. And I'm like, hey, man, my foot's been hurting for a long time. He's like, yeah, you probably need to work on stretch. And I go, no, I'm, no, we're not doing no, any of that. No, I, go, I want there. an MRI and I want it tomorrow. <laughs> OK, and he's like, no problem. So he calls me the next day. He's like. Oh yeah, it's torn, man. We need surgery. So, so you guys for a year, I'm doing all this like all the planter work, useless work, like yeah. all these things that do nothing. I mean, if 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 they would have assigned me, if you wanted to assign me some sort of activity that was not going to help, maybe it could have been a more use. Like you're going to need to learn French, actually. Uh, then I would at least come out having learned French, right? Yeah, but you'd have a second language. Yeah, I would know something. At effort. this point, all I did was just basically jump up and down on my foot. So, um, so okay, I forgot where I was going with this. Now I remember. So I go to the yeah, the MRI is a, is an awful experience. You it, think? It, yeah, it's. I just think it's a whoever design that machine is it is, is it are you got are you claustrophobic yeah it's, it wasn't so bad with your foot because you don't have to be all the way in but uh yeah it's well first i mean whoever designed it they must have been like okay these people they're going to be injured so they'll uh -huh. probably be a little you know nervous they're going to be claustrophobic because we're shoving them in a tube sure so the way that we should put them at ease is to Make it sound like they're being riddled with machine gun fire because you're, you're just in there and there's a how you doing in there? I think I'm hit, man. I'm down. I'm down. You know, I've had I've had plenty of them. Not I'm not bragging, right? right. But I, I fall asleep in them. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not I'm not claustrophobic at all. Surprise me. You're always sort of at ease. Yeah. I, I I doze off in them. Well, Here's this that. is this is what I was getting at. Is is uh, I go in there and I'm a little bit like I don't know what's going on here. And the guy that's running the machine is like, "Hey man, hey man, uh, what kind of music are you into?" I'm like, "I, I don't, I don't know, dude, man. I, I like, I just let's let's get my foot." Dude. No, what we play music in there? Like, uh, he's like, "Well, I go, I, I'm like, I'm a maybe light rock, you know?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, uh, like uh, Seals and Croft, like that." And I'm like, "Sure, sure, sure, that's fine. So that, that it's fine, uh, America. I, I, I like them too, <laughs> Chicago." Yeah, fine, fine. Uh, with Satara or without, dude? Could just, just. <laughs> I swear, Dino. I with Satara or without? I think I think this guy really aspired to be a DJ. Uh -huh. Like I think he thought that the way into the DJ business was through being an MRI tech. You know, everybody takes a different. Path. I, exactly. Everybody you, takes you a different path. You started stand up. I started this stand guy, up. he he knocked on doors, I think, yeah. and then he was like, "I'm I'm getting nowhere. I got to go <laughs> the untraditional route." And I think they have this guy. They obviously have talked to him about it before. Like Carl, listen, man, you you can't 
just play the music for one and stop telling people little facts about the bands in between <laughs> the songs okay over the MRI and you you can't give away tickets to the first 10 callers there's no the there's no callers ten, okay <laughs> first 10 patients maybe yeah no it's still no, no Carl no 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 no, 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 no 10 no. anything yeah no that's funny yeah so I was in there and this guy was real all about the music and I'm just like this interesting is interesting playlist Seals and Crofts, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> now we're now now we're considered adult contemporary. We don't go. We don't. You'll go call it light rock anymore. No, 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 no. That's no. so early nineties. Is it really? Yeah, but uh, pretty much eighties, nineties. Eighties. Is Al Stewart eighties or seventies? Uh, You're the cat, I believe. Seventies. Yeah. Still, still seventies, ah, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a dad. But uh, you know, how old are you? I'm forty nine. Okay, man. why do you even know Al Stewart? You're the cat. I mean, I. You know what? There's something about music. This is interesting because I, you know, I grew up, you know, I came of age or whatever in the 80s. So that's probably what I identify mm-hmm. the most. But something about the 70s music, I think it was because that's when your mom's driving you all over the place. Like my mom was taking me to wrestling practice and all that. Like I was spent so much time in the car with my mom listening to music that like somehow if I'm if I hear music that really just cuts through and it takes you like to this place where I just I don't know why, man. But 70s music really that late 70s mid to late 70s i'm just I, it, it's just like oh man i, I just it, feel it, like i'm it was a strange decade i mean there was yeah. so diverse if you look at the top 40 in the 70s you'll see something from you'll get you'll get the doobie brothers and you'll right. get the eagles but you also get the defrancos and heartbeat it's a love beat yeah. and when we meet it's a sweet sensation, you know, just the, the Tiger Beat <laughs> right, magazine right, right, kids, right, you right, know, right, right. And, and David Cassidy and the Partridge oh, family. Oh, yeah, man. You know, yeah. they would be charting on the on the top 40 in the 70s along right. with all these other great bands, you know, that were just tremendous. So. Right, right, right. But it is a great decade. I mean, I mean it's, one I love my, it, man. it's one of my favorite decades of right. music, you know. Yeah, I, really. Uh, Billy Joel, she was real into Billy Joel and yeah, it's okay. So you had some good influences. Oh, yeah, man. Mom yeah. was rocking. Definitely. I mean, yeah, as yeah. much as a mom can rock. Was your mom a funny lady? She she was yes yeah, she was she passed away about a year and a half ago. She was a, a writer man. She wrote a column. Uh, she well she reviewed books for the the St. Louis paper for wow. about twenty years. And then she also there was a neighborhood paper you know pretty big neighborhood paper called the Kirkwood Webster Times where Greg's uh, uh, dad is from. Yeah yeah it's two two towns and uh, and she had a, a column every other week there. There was a humor column and. Um, uh, I've just been reading them. Actually, they're all online. I've been re- reading them recently. So you never read them before? I didn't. I was a dirtbag. I was so into my own life, and I, um, I, you know, I when I I gave her eulogy, and I, I incorporated a few of them in there, and it was uh-huh. very emotional. And I was like, it's so great that the that I have these. I'm going to read them, and then I didn't because it was. I was like, I just don't want to go through it. And lately, I've been. Um, you know, I just try to read about you know six or seven at a time, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome, man. Let me ask you, what's that? What did that do? What did that? open up what did that what kind of information did you give did it give you about your mom that you didn't have prior to that you know even prior to her passing i mean did it open up a whole nother avenue like wow this was an incredible woman that i didn't even know no i i i I certainly knew my mom um but i do think there's i think she had a much more a much sharper sense of humor and maybe a more subversive sense of humor than i probably gave her credit for because she was my mom you, you, you know and you, you don't really see that and um that's probably i think that kids especially young kids really don't need sarcasm or you know that sort right. of thing and so she probably sheltered me from it a little bit but yeah and i also 
I've really come to admire her uh, the way she sort of handled her politics. I mean, she it was not a political column, but she she's very fiercely liberal person. But every now and then, she just I feel so strongly about this that I'm going and to sit. Go ahead and I'm going to write something. But she was never she was she's never from a place of this is the way I feel and this is why you need to feel like I feel. It's just. This is the way I feel. And let me ask you, when what, what period of time were these columns? What, uh, what probably the ones that I'm reading were from maybe late '90s through uh-huh. she died in 2015, I think, or 16. Yeah. See, I yeah. think that's fascinating because yeah. my mother, God bless her, uh, still still with us, 81. Wow. But, and what comes the day that she passes, though, I don't think there's going to be any major revelations. I'm not sure. Gonna, I'm not going to find out that my mother wrote. I'm going to find out. Mom collected Lincoln pennies. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she was into stamps. Who knew? Yeah. That's so yeah, I'm going to yeah, find something yeah. like that. You know, I'm not yeah. going to find anything that deep. I don't think about my mother that I wasn't aware of. Then again, I might be surprised because, you know. Yeah, you don't know. You I don't mean, know. I mean, I, I always knew, you know, and I, of course, you know, I read a couple of them here and there when, when, when I was. Sure. But I was just selfish and into my own life, and I uh, I didn't really take the time to do it. And now it's like, it's such a gift, man. I, you know, and, I, and that, that sounds like a cliche, but it really no, is. No, it's, it's, it's like. Uh, that's something that you'll have forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I started, I've been fooling around with the idea of a. Uh, the one man show or something like that, you know, and I don't know what the theme is going to be. And, and, uh, one of the ideas I had was like, you know, sort of like bookend my act or different excerpts from my act or what I want to talk about with some of my mom's columns. And I was like, well, the first step is let's just read them all. And there's, you know, there's 350 of them or something like that. So it takes a while and I don't want to rush through it. So I don't even know if I'm going to do that, but I sort of have been lost in wow, this is really awesome stuff. And I, you know, I get emotional a lot of it. A lot of it is like stuff about our family mm-hmm. mixed in with how she feels about the world. And it's just, it's, it's pretty cool stuff, man. And you talk about your family a lot when you're on stage. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. you, you talk yeah. about the, your relatives and sure. Some of them become characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 that yeah. Exaggerated. Like we all sure, do man. on stage. Yeah. But. Well, I, I mean, you, you know, your dad, I think is one of my favorite examples of that. I, <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, this. And, and, it's, I love that when a guy just takes a character and you just you just tighten it a little bit and then you find that thing that's true about him and you explode it out a little bit and you repeat it. You know, it's 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 probably my favorite part of your act. What's you know? fascinating about that though is like I was not close to my father and when I got that little gem yeah. from him was when uh, I had gone back to uh, see him for the first time in like almost twenty years. Wow, and uh, the the line that you speak of, and I think we've we've mentioned it on previous podcasts, maybe not, but the 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 catchphrase in that bit is "You are not emotionally prepared." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when I was saying like, "Okay, you know, major, sit down here. I got some serious questions to ask about you and mom, and you know what happened, and so forth and so on." And I remember him sitting there with his legs crossed, smoking a cigarette. And said to me, oh, no, you are not emotionally prepared for the answers I would give you. And even though that was a very serious moment sure. in, in that conversation, that in my comedic brain, <laughs> <laughs> that stuck. It, there, it's, it's something about that, that, the rhythm of it, and then it, 
it's there it's truth and it's just you're just like oh i can peel that off and yeah that's, that's and i did I, I, yeah. I peeled oh, it off it ended up it was it ended up being one of my favorites it's, right, it's, it's great man it's as well yeah uh now he he passed away oh man uh, oh no he that's been now it's uh, we, i think my sister said oh, 10 or 11 years really yeah it's interesting that my sister always um like when, whenever the day comes, the sad day comes, and my mother passes. I will never forget that day as long as I live. Yeah. But it's interesting because of the relationship with my father, I never remember the day. You weren't close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my yeah. sister reminds me every time. And it's weird. Whenever she texts me and, and sends me, like, you know, 10 years ago today, Dad, I'm like, you know what? I I felt a little weird today, yeah. and I couldn't actually put my finger on as to why. Yeah. So... You were close to your mom? Yeah, real close. Were you yeah. close to your dad? Yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah, so yeah. close-knit family. You had, yeah, definitely. You guys, had a, you guys had that the family I talked about before, just in the opening. You were one of those close-knit families where, mom, where mom and dad provided for the kids and, and life was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was given every advantage I think that you could be given. You know, And I, you screwed it up still, by going into stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, yeah it's, uh, you, took a, you flushed away a good job at Procter & Gamble. You had benefits. Oh my God! You ungrateful piece of shit! Yeah, what are you doing, had Greg that, Warren? Had, uh, did yeah. you get that grief? Yeah. Um. My dad, when I went to told him I was going to quit, I'd you know I'd been there for ten years. I was getting stock oh, options and everything. And I was, so you you were you were on a path. Yeah, I was doing well. I mean, I think I was on a path to maybe higher middle management. I don't think I was lighting the world on fire. I was doing well, but I was making really good money. And uh, what'd you do for them exactly? Sales. So I would call on like. Like my job at the time when I met you, I was I was selling their food beverage products to, I would call in the Kroger headquarters in Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, which was like a hundred stores or something, and you know I would uh, set up uh, all kinds of deals and all kinds of promotions with them, and uh, you know you're responsible for all the volume, which is you know hundreds of thousands, millions of cases that go through Kroger system, you know, from Procter and Gamble. So, but yeah, when I told my dad, he was not. I'm sorry, I nodded off a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did too. Man. Yeah. Greg, Greg just drank the whole <laughs> bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So my dad, uh, he was not uh, happy about it. Um, and uh, but my mom. But was why wasn't he happy? Was he was he unhappy because you were thrown away an opportunity? Did your father work for the same company? No, no. My dad was a teacher and a coach. Man. Okay. Yeah, he was he's my coach actually. Um, yeah. I think, and now I get it. It came from a good place. It's what most parents want for their kids. Mm-hmm. It came from. I want my kid to be safe and secure. Right. And he, I think he thought in his mind I would be a good father and I would be um, happiest probably in a family, you know, with my own family. Right. And I think he realized, I think, he, you know, if I go do stand-up, that's not an easy way to go and have a family. And he was right. And um, But I will say my dad was – he was – Definitely like, hey, man, I, you know, he did not want me to do it. He tried to talk me out of it. We got in some pretty harsh arguments. And then once I did, he backed off, you know, and he was really, uh, he was very, he's, he's always been very supportive of my career, you know. Uh, so, but my mom was supportive from the out, outset, you know. She right from the get go. Yeah, yeah, she thought it was great. See, mine wasn't. Really? Mine, what, 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 the, the, when I took the radio job, yeah, the biggest thing my mother was thrilled about wasn't about, being on the radio, it was about having a job that had insurance and benefits. Yes, you know, once again, that protective, that protective, you know, nature that yeah. parents have. And do you have benefits? Yes. Oh, thank God, you have benefits. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, 
yeah. And the thing is now, like, which you know, and you know, you you've done so well for yourself, but it, it's eh, like that's debatable. In their world, <laughs> in their world, when you had a job, you know, like that kind of a job, you have benefits and insurance and security. It's not quite like that today, where they'll they can still yeah you got benefits, but you got to kick in or you yeah. you or they'll stake in and they can fire you. Like it used to be, you start with a company like Procter and Gamble, you're there till you die unless right. you do something really stupid. That's not the case in today's world, and I think you know in some ways being a comedian may be more secure than you know than some of the stuff that I would have done there because they may have been like all right you're. You're 48 and you're making really good money, and we can find a guy a lot younger than you and pay him half, and uh, we'll see you later. We're, you know, we're downsizing. Well, I remember those open mics, and I remember when you started opening at the club, and I think there were a couple times where I actually was headlining at the club, and you were the opening act. I got to open for you, or feature, I think, and for then you. And you got the feature. I featured for you when you recorded your um, uh, your one man show. Actually, uh, well, it was like it was like it was like you were saying. I was trying to figure out what kind of one man show. Yeah, it was would cool, be. man. It was like kind of a, a Dean Martin. Yeah. Life, love, and the pursuit of unhappiness. Yeah, yeah, it was a de- yeah. it was a cool thing, man. I, yeah. I, I I was part of that, man. I was there that week. You were there that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were there that weekend when I did that, and I still have that. Uh, that I still have that. Jamie was playing the uh, piano in the back. Was I it? believe we had a little Jamie Walker. We had a little yeah. bit of everything. There was yeah. a bar set up on stage. Yeah. We brought people up from the audience. It was very experimental. I was trying to figure out if I decided to do a one man show, what would it be like and. So it was kind of like a mixture of comedy and in 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 theater, but I, it it worked. It wasn't great, but it it seemed the I was satisfied with the fact that I tried it. When yes. you started doing stand up, was there a point early on where you were discouraged and said, "Yeah, I made a mistake," or did you know as soon as you started on that path that you were not going to give up? It's a really good question, man. I mean, I because um... now you're headlining everywhere you go. Yeah, I mean, I think when I quit the job, I don't think I had any real expectations. You know, I think I thought... Were you in a relationship? No. Okay, so you had no ties to anybody. No, and I think I thought... You were that selfish, self-absorbed individual that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that I am today. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Let me just say for the record, people, if you don't know Greg Warren, there's probably not a sweeter, nicer man in the business uh, than Greg Warren. So I I call bullshit. I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, I... I think at the time I was like, you know, you, you, I was an MC so much at the time. And it's not a fun. You, But you were a good MC. I was good at it. I, I mean, I better have been because I was doing it like 10 years. I would work one week at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, one week at Jokers in Dayton, and one week at the Funny Bone in Columbus every month. So I was working three. I was And I was hustling back and forth for my day job. And I was getting strong as an MC. But after a while... I don't want to be an MC more. I, I would really like to be the feature act. And, and that's, you, you and I prescribe to the same, uh, for lack of a better description, show business philosophy. Uh, a good MC on a stand-up show sets the table. Everything, man. And, you know, that sets the tone. And, and there are so few, man. And I'm not just the old guy complaining. It's no. just nobody really cares to develop them. It's just not a thing, man. And when I started to take the radio and and started to back away from the headline gigs, I would start the MC on Thursdays. And I discovered this whole... Well, I mean, I was a good MC when I was coming up in the ranks. Don't get right. me wrong. And that that was like, you're such a good MC, we don't want to bump you up. You know, we, yeah, yeah. Such, oh, yeah. Such a good, you know, but I, I, gotta, I can't make $450 a week 
for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, you know? that, that that money does not exist, uh, by the yeah. way. Now that's feature money now for is these that guys. feature money now. Yeah, that's oh, yeah Jesus. for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, yeah. we'll get to that in a second. I want to know what the, I want to know what the financial state of comedy is these days. But uh, yeah, then I finally I decided. Well, the only way I'm going to bust out of this is I've got to make it. In, it sucks, but I got to make it really hard for the feature act right. to follow me. Yeah, yeah. So they had no choice but to keep yep. you know bumping me up. So you know that's how that little game is played or right. was played for me back then. Um, but when I started emceeing on a regular basis. And it's still the it's still the attitude I have today. Whenever I host a show at the Funny Bone, I I don't mean this in, a, in an elitist way, but I always say this is my show. Yes, these are my guests. It's up to me as the host to make you comfortable and to put your mind at ease that what you're going to see for the next hour and a half are some really funny people. Yes, and if if I, if, if I do my job, it's going to make your job that much easier. And the guy. Uh, before you, the feature act, that much better. And and that's the kind of the attitude I took, which was like it was back in the day. You know, the host back in the day, back in the days of vaudeville and, sure. and so forth and so on, the host was the guy. Yeah, he was the main guy. He was yeah. the main guy. Yeah. And everybody else that followed, these are the acts. So that's kind of how the, the, the black shows do that. And they, they got it right. You know, they put the, the star of the show sometimes, hosts the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Mark Gross, my buddy who's a comic and a writer now, but he I remember when I was, he was in sort of a mentor for me and i haven't was, seen him or talked to him so he's doing very well for himself yeah yeah right now he was like i think i was bitching about mc and early on he's like yeah. warren you know who's an mc <laughs> I'm like who uh, david letterman he goes he's an mc watch him do what he is just what you described it's his show he has a show right i'm gonna welcome to my show i'm gonna have some guests yeah. on my show and I, as soon as i started thinking about it like that i'm like yeah he's right you he's, he's absolutely treat right. it like it's your show and absolutely. you're gonna have some, it's your show man that's it it's just some guests you, you know? know and uh and you don't have to really do the heavy lifting all you have to do is set a nice table yeah yeah you know yeah. Yeah, but it is it's a it's it's it is heavy lifting in a way. It's not easy to go up there on a cold room. It's you know, it's just not Yeah, you're it's, right. It's, there's there's some little tricks I learned along the way to kinda set that tone. Yeah. But you had to you had to learn them uh, the hard way. I, I remember I had little tricks. Um you know, I started in late eighties, eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine, and so I had, you know, little tricks that I would use to, to get the audience just focused. Right. And I remember I had a, a bit with my little micro tape recorder. I said, I'm getting ready to leave a new answering machine message. And I would get the audience to, you know, and, and we'd, you know, I'd, it'd be something simple and then right. it'd be something funny. And then everybody was laughing and focused. And then I'd put that down and start as and, per- and do my shit. Yeah. I could have saved myself a lot of, <laughs> a lot of bad sense. <laughs> had I been on this podcast 23 years ago. Okay. So how many years now? And stand up for you? It's, it's it's a tricky question with me. Is it really? Because yeah, well, I know everybody asked me, and I, I did, like I don't know because because I had a lot of false starts. Like I did it when I was in college a little bit, and then I uh, moved to Houston, uh, you know, right out of college, and got that job. And I uh, I did it a little bit in Houston, and kind of got discouraged. I was like, ah, man, this is, you know, you know how it is. You just don't do well, and then I'd overreact, and I was like, I'm not. I should not do this, and then. I quit for a few years and was more focused on my job because I was doing pretty well at that. And then I picked it up again in Houston. And then I moved to Cincinnati in like 96. And from, from like 96 on, I've been doing it, you know, there's not a week that goes by. 
um, other than when my mom was sick. I, you know, I, right. But I, there's not a week that goes by that I'm not on stage. I, I want to ask you because uh, uh, this is how I felt too when it first happened. Um, I call it the uh, false hope period of of stand up. Do you remember when you got your first TV gig? Yeah. And did you think after you got your first TV gig that I'm on my way? I wasn't that confident. I was always, you know, I'm just sort of that person that maybe it was because of wrestling where I'm just like, you got to keep earning it, you know? And I, and I, and I always was like, you, you know, I, and maybe I probably sh- wish if I went back, I probably wish I would have had more arrogance. Maybe I think that that plays a little in show business, but mm-hmm. I remember just thinking, all right, this, I got this and now I gotta, I gotta really work hard to get the next one. And, um, there was a period of time when I was getting quite a few, you know, TV sets, you know, pretty easily. And I think at that point I maybe thought, ah, oh, this is just how it's always going to be. You're going to be on TV, you know, you know, a few times a year and it's going to be, it's going to be but great. you came into comedy at a time when being on TV didn't have as much of an impact as it did like back in the 70s sure, and 80s. Sure. Where yeah. if you, when Johnny Carson was hosting the Tonight Show and you got the Carson Show, and that was like sure. that was like a pivotal career moment. And if you, God, got called over, uh, a mutual comedian friend of ours who now has a cushy job hosting the The Price Is Right. I remember when Drew Carey did the Tonight Show and he got called over to the oh, even he, he had that. Th- and I and I remember talking to him after that, and he goes, "There was nothing more surreal in his entire life." And you know that he called. That's how he knew that he had made it sure at that point and that was a time where when, when comics were getting called over to the couch yeah to panel that that was that was like an indication i never that had that moment way. man i never had any never of those you know i've had a few more gradual things i think probably you know from just getting known where more more people knew who i was probably was the first time I went on Bob and Tom on the Bob and Tom show, and I'd, huge, already, I'd huge. already done some TV, and they were at the height of their, you know, six million listeners or whatever, and they were real bit driven. And I did the, you know, that flute man bit that I do, and it just, it like took off with their listeners. Like, and then they put it on one of their CDs, which used to be a big deal. They'd huge. have a CD every year, and then that, that at that point, like, kind of. I was shocked. I'm like, everybody knows who I am now. You, you know, like that, that was probably the most, um, where people really, really knew who I was. I mean, I had a few other TV moments, like never anything where I thought, Oh, I'm on my way. But uh-huh. there were, you know, I had a few of those where I was on this, I, I was on a show on BET where it was like a, like a, it was kind of BET's version of last comic standing. And I was the white guy, you know, I was the only white, I was really, for once really stood out so <laughs> and i was on that like you know like for six or seven episodes and uh i remember at that point like I, I, there was a few places especially around black people where like hey man you're the you're the yeah, white dude you're the white yeah, dude yeah, 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 you're the white yeah, dude yeah, yeah that's me yeah, that's yeah, me yeah, yeah. yeah that's me i was the white guy but i never had that really really big thing and you know and i don't i don't i don't know uh i think i blew some opportunities you know? such as um you know, I think I probably went to the Montreal Comedy Festival maybe a little bit early. I was a new face, and I, I look back, I'm like, well, uh, maybe I should have waited a year until I was a little. I thought I was really good, and I didn't do poorly there. But don't I think, you find that amazing how how humbling comedy can still be? Oh yeah, even even after this many years of doing what you do, how you can come off stage and going, you know, oh yeah, that, that was that wasn't 
one of those shows. Sure. I mean, I don't look back at hardly any of my TV appearances and be like, well, that was great. You know, I mean, I, I, um, I did last comic standing a couple times mm-hmm. and you know, both times, especially the most recent, I, you know, I, the most recent, I'm like, I, you know, I made some mistakes and it was really stupid and it, it's not all my fault. Like they, I fell for some of the tricks, you know, that, that a reality show is going to throw you throw it, throw and it, yeah. I, I made some poor choices on material and it wasn't all, like I said, it wasn't all me just being stupid. And I'm like, I think I, I went in thinking that year. I'm like, I think I'd win this thing, you know, and, and that would have been a nice opportunity, but maybe that just isn't the path. You know, maybe, maybe things are going to work out better because I didn't do that. Um, but this, st- and then, you know, one of the other things like, uh, and, and you've been so kind as like, as a filmmaker, I've done all these like silly short films. A lot of them, I love your silly short films. <laughs> a lot of them are, a lot of them have been around you know, wrestling and I found this wrestling website and uh, I created a character for that thing, and it was just completely like just for fun, messing around. And that thing went crazy. Like that was like, but it's within this community. In, everybody that knows wrestling. Uh, the, the, when you sent me that film, I immediately mm-hmm. sent those. To, uh, the we have the Columbus Italian Club here. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. Uh, there's a couple. Guys. I met those guys at your roast, man. Right, remember, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's a couple of those guys that wrestled. Yeah, you know, and, and are still into wrestling and still right. go to the to the champ to the Big Ten championships and, and follow OSU those, wrestling. I'm trying to think, is that like uh, uh, Jimmy Sam- Sanfil- Jimmy Sanfilippo? Okay, John Say, a huge wrestling fan, who's uh, also yeah yeah, yeah yeah one of our sponsors. Oh really? Yeah, he loved that. He sent it out. To, oh like, cool, man! All of his wrestling people and so forth and so on. No, it was a great. It was a great piece. Oh, thanks, Let's man. talk about that for just a second. Let's divert, yeah. if we will, because we mentioned wrestling like three <laughs> times and haven't, haven't actually discussed it. You were a wrestler. Your father was a coach. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and you wrestled for your dad. In, in high school, yeah. In high school. Yeah, yeah. And then I wrestled in college at Missouri. Were you good? Yeah, yeah I was good. Yeah, yeah, I was good. I mean, like... like I won a couple state championships in high school, and I, yeah. was, uh, I was an All-American in, in college. Where do you go with that? After you've been a state, you know, where, where was that? You mean after college? I mean, is that just some one of those laurels that you that you, you hang on the wall and yeah, you have? I mean, here, that's where you go. I, mean, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you go from do you go from uh, high school and college wrestling to like you know maybe I should Olympics? Be on, maybe Olympics? That's where you know if you're really good, you. I, train. See, I was going to skip the Olympics and go right to RAW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now. I mean, back this wasn't the case back then, but now these guys, you, you know, you go to compete internationally and hopefully make an Olympic team, and that's a, you know, a really, really elite group, and I was not in that group. I competed with some of those guys, and but I wasn't in that group. Um, but now, you you know, you do that, or you go to the MMA. College wrestlers wow, really? make that's really, cool. really good MMA. You know, a lot of the best MMA guys have a college wrestling background, and um, you know that just wasn't a thing when I was, and I wouldn't have been, I, I wouldn't have been good at it. But uh, so if you would have, if you would, if you would have made the leap from uh, a high school college wrestling, forget the Olympics, go straight to, I put the air quotes, professional wrestling, yeah. as, as we know it. What would your character have been? I think I would have chosen. I would have gone counterculture because they're always like really. <laughs> Like very braggadocious <laughs> yeah. and very big. I think I would have been like you know the uh, the accountant or something, <laughs> <laughs> or the the you know I, that would, my choice would have been like 
you know, because they're always like, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to kill them. I'm going to rip them apart. I'm like, I got to be honest, man. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I, if you look at the numbers, I think this guy's got me. Right? <laughs> He's got me. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would have gone that direction. Yeah, <laughs> the accountant. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what event. Yeah. I'm gonna itemize you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I just um, I'm looking over. I'm looking all over the stats and the numbers on this matchup, and it's, it, it does not favor me. It does, it does not favor me at all. Uh, yeah, that might have worked. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. I think maybe that would have been the way to go. I don't, I don't think I really have the. The uh, the physique for it, or the, uh, the you know, I just don't, I don't know. Well, when you did wrestle though, were you, you were kind of, you must have been a badass of some sort. I, I was mean. good, but I, you know, I I don't. My coach used to say, he goes, uh, my college coach is like Warren. You don't win any matches at the weigh-in, that's for sure. <laughs> You're not the most intimidating-looking guy. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was pretty good, man. I mean, I I took seventh in the country my sen- wow. my senior year of, of in college. the country. Yeah, that's impressive. Like yeah, which was was that top eight are all Americans, and I was very, uh, you know, I was really proud, um, you know, and that I I think I achieved about as much as I was going to achieve. If it, had I. You know, I I fought some injuries, but I um because you got the cauliflower ear. Yeah, yeah, and I that's mean, from wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I, I wrestled against a lot of really good guys, and you know, some Olympians and stuff like that. But I I never really could crack that top, you know, elite level. Uh, but I yeah, I was good. So you saved it for stand up. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that there too. Oh, man. Come on, man. <laughs> how how hard is it out there now in in this? Because when I started. Um, there was a little bit of a renaissance, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. in stand-up. Uh, comedy clubs were everywhere. Exploding, yeah, Exploding. Yeah. I mean, you could, there was no lack of work. Sure. You could work seven days a week if you wanted to. If you were in a week-long clubs, literally went from Tuesday to Sunday. Wow. You yeah. know, it was crazy. And if you wanted to work a one-nighter on a Sunday and a Monday, there was a holiday in or sure. a holiday in that had a had a night somewhere on the on the routing where you could do that. I mean, where's it? Where's it at now? Well, I mean, and how do you? Two part, two questions. Sure. Two part question. Where is it now? And how do you keep yourself viable in that in that world by staying booked? That's a tricky question, man. I mean, I think, um, you know, I went through a period where I, I, uh, I kind of had as much work as I wanted. You know, it, it, probably once I sort of hit on Bob and Tom, and. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got on their theater tour and then all the clubs wanted me. And, you know, I was also at the right age. I think that I think sort of the prime age for a male in show business is sort of that uh, mid 30s through early 40s. When, how old were you when you started doing when you started getting paid? Well, I quit my day job. I was 33. OK, so Cause I started doing stand up when I was 30. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I started open micing when I was. Wow. 30. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it, we started a little late, man. I mean, I think if if I had to do it over, you, you know, you suffer in your 20s. Cause you want to be hitting your stride right around 30 and you know, early thirties, you hit your stride because then that's when they want to really put you on TV. I think, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, but I think as a whole, I think you're, you are your best uh, show business self in sort of your thirties. And I would tend to agree with that. I started getting really good. I mean, I, I was having success in my mind. I think I started getting really good around 45 and I started looking in the mirror and be like, well, you don't look like you, you used to. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've had a good run of it probably in the last few years I've seen where I still make, 
I think a lot of money for a stand-up comic. I think I do fine. You know, I think I have plenty of opportunities. But I've seen where it's like it's not just automatic anymore. Where hey, I wake up on uh, February fifth and I have forty weeks of work for the year. Right. I, I got to hustle a little bit, and I've had to. So I've had to diversify a little bit. How much has social media changed the uh, the booking of comedy? And as far as your draw at a club, I mean, because I I, I got to give you credit, you're. You've embraced social media. Mm-hmm. You email. You Facebook. You 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 Twitter. You 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 do everything. Sure, you can and let people know that you're coming. Right, and I think that helps. Um, I think the internet. I haven't become a star from the internet, and I think that has you know. There's a couple of people that became internet stars, right? And they take up some weeks, and you know, some of them. The whole YouTube phenomenon. Yes, some of them are not really entertainers. They're just really... Phenomenons. It's more like go and and meet this person. Right. Yeah, they're phenomenons. And and most of them don't stick around. A couple of them do. Um, But then I... I, The candle um, burns quick for them. Sure. But but they're making hay while they can. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I don't even know if that really appeals to me. I really wanted to get good at the art of stand-up comedy. And uh, I I feel like I'm finally getting there. Yeah. but I did, you know, like that stuff on, believe it or not, that stuff, that wrestling stuff that I did on the on Flow Wrestling, that website, I do get people to come to shows because they're wrestling fans, you, you know, so that I did benefit from the internet. So now, so you're the wrestling guy. Yeah, kind of, you know, they'll shout out something and I'll be like, yeah, guys, 90% of the audience has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> After the show, let's talk about it. You know? But you also do corporate stuff. But I see you're approaching businesses with humor, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, I, you know, I was like, okay, um, maybe I need to do instead of 40 club weeks a year, which I don't think are really available to me anymore, um, maybe do 20 or 15. That that you can really um, still get, you know, still sort of pound out what you want to artistically. But maybe you do 40, 50, just one night corporate dates. Those Instead of being just a corporate comedian, I felt like you also have to have some sort of, uh, sort, sort of yeah, some sort of message and content. Yeah. And I felt really that was really hard because I was like, "What am I going to talk about, man? I don't. I want to be. In, uh, I don't want to be disingenuous. I don't want to be like chase your dream that kind of message." Because I'm like, if I really was chasing no. my dream, I wouldn't be here. You got you. Yeah. you got to believe what, what you're saying. So I came up with something basically around like using humor to overcome failure, you know, and then I had one about sort of that was more about my sales experience because my act's about that anyways, you know, about failing. And, I think know. that's genius. Oh, thanks. Man. And let's be honest, corporate pays. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It, it pays well. So it's, but like anything else, it takes a while to figure that thing out. So I'm just starting to, I've had a couple of like real big wins where you're like, wow, that's a lot of money for one night. If we could replicate that 40 times a year, I'm sitting pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, this, the last two years have been real transitional. And the one the one constant, though, is, you know, writing stand-up material. Like, I, I, you know, you sort of use... There's Satellite radio is this great thing because they play a lot of stand-up comedy. Um, and you're on you're on the series. They play a, lot. a ton of that stuff they for play me. A lot of I hear you it's all the time. Like, it's extremely lucrative for comics. I mean, you make a lot of money off of that, and it's a way to sort of chart your progress. For me, it's like okay, I put an album out uh, a year ago. I'm a, I'm about you know fifty percent to the next album material wise. Anywhere from depending on how it f- comes out, anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent. How so many pro- how many projects do you have out there on iTunes right now? I think there's like four albums, and they've all done well. Yeah, there's some overlap though in the material. It's okay, because yeah, that's all right. But they've done well. Yeah, yeah, they well enough, you know. Um, but not like 
nothing's cracked through. But uh, when someone when a, when a comic uh, uh, promotes the fact that his latest uh, comedy CD is number one on iTunes, what does that mean? It's a little tricky. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, you're being, I want to know. Nice, but it's, it's how many little, how many how many downloads does that not mean? A lot, man. Not <laughs> Four? It just means for any moment, <laughs> for some moment in time, you can take a picture yeah. that says I'm the number one. Because okay, not everybody releases an album every year. <laughs> no. Okay, every week. Every so that week. week, the guy that's releasing an album is gonna is, he's gonna have. Is, however. It still is really hard. It's still hard to get to be number one on sure. iTunes. I mean, on it, anything because you know uh, Gaffigan sells a lot of albums. You, right. you know, so no matter. So it, you know, I was happy when it happened, and you took take the little picture. It's like I was number one on iTunes, but let's you know, let's be honest. It's uh, I was number one for probably about you know six minutes or something, and then you go back to you go back and forth. But it's it's a fun thing. Yeah, fish sandwich is the name of my most is it, recent. Is, is it most recent the fish sandwich? Yeah, I remember when you once again I saw that you promoted it uh, through your email. And I, yeah, yeah, I man. saw it. That yeah. was a cool project because it was like that was interesting. So the guy that runs the Comedy Central Records guy, or he used to run Comedy Central Records. I did my one of my first albums with him, Jack Vaughn. He's the head of Sirius XM Comedy, and I called him up. I I hadn't talked to him in a while. He's he's a great guy. He's a friend. You know, definitely a friend. But I didn't want to call. I was like, ah, I was about halfway to a new album. And I was like, ah, I think maybe maybe even like three quarters or whatever. I was like, I think in the next year I'm going to put out a new album. I want to call Jack and sort of see where I might fit in with that. Like, how should I shape this album? Because I can do anywhere from like a PG-13 light R to, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe should I make this thing clean? Like make it real clean? Because there's, there's some channels on Sirius that, you know, Right, all clean, and your number comes up quickly. There's not as many guys, so they play you more. So I called Jack, and I was like, I just, I was like, I don't want to bug him, man. I don't want to ask him. If, I go, hey, man, how you doing? I go, I go, I go yeah. I, I go, I. He's like, he's such a good guy. He's like, well, what are you doing album wise right now? I'm like, ah, I'm getting close. He goes, uh, can you do a G album? I was like, well, I think I, I go. Let me, let me be honest with you, Jack. I could do. He goes, I need a G album by October. This was August. He goes, okay. if, if you do, I'll. Feature it in the whole month of October. We got this program. It's it's got to be G. And when I say G, I mean I mean Disney G. He means he said he used an example. He goes, we had to edit out like thirty percent of Regan stuff. That's how G. Wow. It has to be. Wow. Yes. I mean, I can't think of any like uh, damn. Brian probably said damn or something. And it had to go. It, it had to go. So so he was like, and I was like, Jack. I go. I'll be honest with you. I probably out of the new stuff. I bet you I have thirty minutes of G material. I go. What if we did, since my other stuff hadn't really played on this clean I go, what if I did like sort of combined a best of, you know, with this new 30 minutes and we call, he's like, done, get it to me, get it to me by September 15th. It's plays and I'm like, so that was fish sandwich. That was fish sandwich. Yeah. And it like, uh, and it was, I mean, it's been a really good Just project. Just fish and bun on one side and a little tartar sauce on yeah, the yeah, other? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, the title bit on that was... I think that's sort of a, um, a testament to how a lot of people write comedy, or at least me. Like, when you something happens right in your life, mm-hmm. and you're like, uh, "Oh man, that, that that's annoying," or it's it's. Uh, I, I'm actually I'm not, I don't think this is funny at all. I think this is annoying, and it's it bothers me. And um, I think most people think like, "Oh, something happened," and then you immediately see that's a joke. No, I, I was I. I was on this uh, train. I just had a terrible audition, and I got on the subway, and, then, and I was like, could I just have like five seconds of peace and quiet? And this lady just started singing, 
All I want for Christmas is a fish sandwich. All I want for Christmas is a fish sandwich. All I want for and I was I was just so mad. You know, I was like, shut shut up, you know. And then, you know, you you crack the notebook open. Yeah. Two weeks later, I'm like, what's happened in my life that's interesting? Like, what, what's interrupted the continuum? You know, I always mm-hmm. feel like with sure. comedy writing, you can't write what's funny. Nah, nothing. Nothing in the world is funny. What happened different in the last? So I was like, well, there's that lady with the you fish know, sandwich. Thing. And then I wrote a, a bit about it, yeah. you know. And, and, uh, and it's a great bit. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. You know, yeah. So like that bit, that kind of became something, you know. But I think that's And what, it's in your wheelhouse of, 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 of who you are persona-wise yeah. on stage. Yeah. Because... It happened to you. Yeah, and I, I think with character or with comedy, I think a lot of people just assume like, oh, he immediately sees that's that's right. a joke. No, it's it takes a while to yeah, process. That's still my favorite type. Of, you know, the 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 exaggeration of truths. Yes. In, in yeah. Your well, own. your dad, the same. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Uh, everything I still do. You know, I don't do. Very seldom do I do anything topical. Right. You know, maybe when I'm MC and I'll, I'll throw something in, but if I'm writing a bit, a new bit, it usually is based on something that has happened in my life as I continue to get older and maybe a little more cantankerous or yeah. curmudgeon-y yeah. as I, you know, shit, I'll be 59 <laughs> next year, you know, and I'm and while I'm embracing that wonderfully, yeah. you know, there's still things that you know, by now I should have had this figured out. Let me take a little break yeah. uh, to talk about the whiskey for a second, because Hansberry's already drained two glasses. I mean, it smells awesome, man. Really uh, the Manhattan Rye, the Hudson Manhattan Rye. What you have there, Hansberry, is 92 proof in the small little boutique bottle. It is 100% rye grain, so you're getting you're getting. It's a young whiskey though. Before Prohibition, rye whiskey was a big deal in New York City. So this is kind of like a, a throwback to the days before Prohibition where they started making this particular uh, brand of rye whiskey. Um, it's it's stored in new oak less than four years. So it's young, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's young. If you're looking for a craft, this is a craft rye whiskey. You see it up at the bar somewhere, go ahead and give it a shot. If you're looking just for like to keep some rye whiskey in your house, this is expensive. This little, this little thing is 375 millimeters, and it's like 50 bucks for this little bottle oh, right here. Yeah. There's you can get a lot more rye for, for your sure. dollar. There's a lot of good ryes out there that you can get. So I that's not the most uh, efficient whiskey to get. But if you do, if you're out having a nice dinner someplace, you see a little Hudson Manhattan rye whiskey. I recommend it to try it. As far as for your own bar. Eh, if you got that kind of money and you want to have it and say, oh, oh, you got the Hudson Manhattan rye. Yeah, you can get that. But I have so many ryes back there that are that are way less expensive and, and just as good. So enjoy that, Hansberry. Now, you're not partaking. I don't. And I, yeah. and I know a Greg Warren who used to drink. Sure. Yeah. And 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 drank well. Yeah, I think I did, man. I think uh, I had a pretty good run of it. Yeah. yeah, you did good. Why aren't you drinking? Um, you know, it's and it's not that exciting. Like, you know, most most people, most comics would be like, yeah, you know, I, I you know, killed a man or whatever. But uh, you know, like, <laughs> really, or, most com- or, most no. comics are gonna say that. Uh, no. Most <laughs> comics are gonna go with homicide. Most, most comics are like, <laughs> most comics are like, yeah, I screwed up really bad. I, 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 I was, ne- I never. Most had, comics confess to a homicide. I never had a problem with alcohol. Like, I never, I never really. I had plenty of problems with food, but I never had a problem with alcohol. But I, except for my health, just 
my stomach and I, it just would not take it. Once I got into my 40s, it just wouldn't. And I tried every which way to keep drinking. And I just, one of the things that would bum me out is I, I would, uh, I never could sleep after I drank. Even the, the, you know, just a little bit. I would fall asleep pretty easily. And then like two hours later, I'd wake up. It has something to do with blood sugar. I just and, I, and just be wide awake, and I couldn't. It's the everybody says, "Oh, I like to have a cocktail or a glass of wine before I go to bed." No, alcohol sleeps the worst sleep possible. Yeah, it's it, it really doesn't work with me. And then I've had just a litany of stomach problems where it just I I couldn't find anything to drink. You know, I just I just couldn't make it work. So you um, just quit. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, no, I didn't just quit. I mean, I sort of literally tried every which way. What if I do this? You know, like what if I do this or what if I just and it towards the end, um, I really. Whiskey was the last thing. Well, I I drank a lot of not a lot, but I'd be like if I after the show I'd have you know with you or whatever I'd have sure. I'd have some you know just one bourbon or whatever. And I always had it like you guys. I just have it ice and bourbon. That's, that's it. it. It's the best and, way to go as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and um, even then I just it just didn't go, you know. And I get sick a lot. Like I get like literally get a cold or something. Uh, so See, I get a cold if I stop drinking. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, 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 that. I get I get sick if that I happens. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I stop smoking, I stop drinking. I become deathly ill. I love the idea of it. It makes it makes meeting women a lot easier. It just it's I really really I think so. Do you think so? Absolutely. You don't what What's the matter if you? Okay, let's yeah. let's dig into that for just yeah. a second. Yeah. Why does that make? Why can't you just? Why do I have to know what's in your glass? Why do they have to know what's in your glass? I, there's like, something I think that... You put it in a cocktail glass, you put some soda water in there. If that's the crutch, if this is the crutch... It's not that. It's not the thing, because I do that. It's just the thing, I think, especially, you know, and now I'm older, so it doesn't matter as much. But after a show, I think um, if you are if you go have a couple of drinks or even, you know, just a drink and, and you're with a, a, a girl or a bunch of people or whatever, there's something, I don't know, maybe it's just this sort of common, we're all doing something together and mm-hmm. we're all... Uh, we're all drinking yeah, together. All, What's the yeah. matter? What you're drinking? I think it has something to do with it, man. I think they, I think they get a little suspicious when it's like, oh yeah, this guy. Well, that's when you say I don't drink anymore because I killed a man. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I do the, think uh, that's more attractive uh, is to yeah, have a better story. Better story. Like, yeah, my stomach hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just need to keep I drinking do. club soda I, and come up with a better backstory. I, I need, I need a better story. <laughs> I, that's it. Yeah. I, 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 and then it's even it's a long story too. Why just took me seven minutes to explain it to you guys? Everybody's asleep. I'm like, well, you know, I try to, uh, uh, but I don't sleep good. Yeah, I don't sleep, I sleep well. Good. And, oh and if I don't god. get my eight hours, I'm just a I bitch. Know. Good god, where's the feature act? <laughs> oh man, right, I want to go. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Sure. That I made a note of. You know, your parents. At one point, we're hoping that you would follow suit with with family and children. Has comedy gotten in the way of that? Man, that's a really complex question. I understand. Because it's easy to say that. You know, it's easy to say... Uh, you know, why aren't you married? Why don't you have any kids? Ah, oh, man, I, you know, I'm on the road a lot, and I, you know, it's just hard. But then I'm like, why haven't I? Because I remember having conversation with you, because every time you've come into town, we usually have one night <laughs> where we sit and yeah. we, we vent, right. and we uh, catch up, if you mm-hmm. will, on our lives, um, both comedically, romantically, socially, whatever the case might be, and we we, we talk about those those moments. I know there's been times in your life where you've been hardcore in love. Yeah, couple, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and thought, I'm there. Right, 
Very few, though, man. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. They yeah. were still there. And they Close. Were... I never was totally jumping in. And, you know, I never totally jumped in, I don't think. Never totally jumped in what? Where I was like, I think I want to marry this person. Okay, but would, 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 you, would you be uh, comfortable in saying that you were in love? That, that as far yeah, as but what I your definition th- of it is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What is your definition of it? I don't know. Come don't on, know. yes, you do. In love? Yeah. What is it? What are you looking for? Man. I think it has to be somebody that you just you you really look forward to spending time with mm-hmm. and you really uh are willing to really you you almost uh enjoy or really are willing to put up with uh you know there everybody has some downside you know? yeah yeah so you almost celebrate it or you it doesn't matter that much to you and you just don't really care about uh uh I think you're maybe you don't care as much about yourself, you know. I think you're willing to uh, put them before you. I guess. Do they need to accept who you are, what you do, and so forth and so on? Have you been with? Have you been? Uh, maybe not in love, but really like somebody who really didn't like what you do. I don't. Th- I don't think so. Okay, that wouldn't think... even work from the, that. Would that would just ruin it from right from the get go? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would work. You know, I think I think maybe one girl may not have liked what I did more just from the travel standpoint, mm-hmm. but she, I don't, she tried to like it. And I, and I don't think that she, um, I don't think that she really, I didn't know that. And then, and honestly, I think there were way bigger problems than just that. You know, you, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was the thing. You, you look at the small problems. And yeah, that's yeah, what the like, problem eh. is. You don't want to look at the big. Yeah, problem the big problem because we, you're yeah. kind of digging what you're doing and who you're sure, with. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. But eventually, that 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 narrows. Yeah, and you just you ha- like, and you have to deal with it. Sure, and and you know, and some of them were my problems, or maybe compatibility or whatever. But it's like, yeah, there's a few times where I'm like, man, I really. I'm attracted to this person. I like spending time with this person. I don't want to be with anybody else, but I see some things here where we just don't. I'm not sure we're right for each other, but I'm willing to. I'm willing to hang in there for a while. A, a while until I f- am sure that that we we don't. You right. Know, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you still looking for it? Eh, not actively, but I'm I'm open. I was. Uh, I thought maybe I was done. Honestly. Uh, and what's done mean? Like, I just didn't care. I just, it hasn't been that important to me. You know, I thought maybe I was like, I don't really want to date that much. I just, it's wasn't that big a deal to me. It's and exhausting, then, isn't it? Yeah. And then I did, you know, I did sort of, um, oh, I, I sort of met up with an old girlfriend at, at one okay. point. Yeah. And, and it, it, that, it, I was like, oh, I still really enjoy this sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, maybe I'm not done. I don't know. I don't think you're done. You know? No, no, I don't think you're done. I well, think... yeah, this is from a guy who's never done right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're done. I really don't think you're done. I think I think what it is, it's it's it maybe like you said, pushed off to the side. Yeah. <clears throat> and I I think we have more uh, more zest for the game. I hate to call it a game. Yeah. I, 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 I don't mean it in like like being a game as in you're a player. I don't mean that. No. I, but I, there there inspired there, to be. <laughs> there are moves and. And and maneuvers and and things that you have to do, in order. And I think we have more more zest for the game when we are younger. And, and sure, I think as we get older, it does get pushed off to the side a little bit. And if it does show up, well, then maybe we will. 
Well, women will hate this, but I, I mean, we'll, we'll go back to that skill set that we think we had and, and try to go back into it. But yeah. women will hate what? Well, women never want to. I'm like, as be honest, it's most of my, um, you know, most of relationships, you know, they started with some sort of sexual attraction. You okay. Know? And well, when, this... when you're in your, you know, especially when you're, in, and. Uh, my libido is not what it was when I was a younger guy. So I'm not, it's not like the first thing I'm thinking about when I'm waking up or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, and I, the last few years have been a struggle. So it's like not a struggle financially, but it's like, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, make a living for the rest of my life. I'm right. still trying to, I, I have had a few health problems where I'm like, I'm still like, I just don't feel good about 20 days out of the month. So those four days when I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, all those out of two of those gays, they're just not around, okay. <laughs> and the other day, the ones that are around aren't really interested. So we're down to a day a month where I need to make it work. So, but I think some girls get mad, like, "Oh, that's oh, really? You're not into? You're just not a, a, attracted to?" Uh, it's not, I didn't say that. Did you say that? It's just not. I, I've had a couple of women like, "Oh, that's really that's really sexy. That's attractive. You're not as uh, no. I don't have the libido that I did when I was 35. I I don't. Well, I still have it. I've discovered that I dude, still it's, have it. It's a scientific fact that we can we start to lose testosterone from 18 on. Yeah, it starts to slip. That's right, Hansberry. Yeah, that's right. You married with two. <laughs> with, <laughs> no, no, it's but it's you, you with two children. We start to lose testosterone from 18. It just starts to go down. You know, I hear all these commercials for are you suffering from low T. I, I really wanted to get to this, man. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm suffering from low T, but if I have low T, I'm good with it. Oh, that is such a <laughs> God. I'm so glad you said that. And I can't talk about it on the radio because they pay half of the people. Right. If I have but low T, you know what? I'm okay. Do you have low T? No. I don't. I don't know. Do you feel as good as you did when you were 24? I don't feel as good as I did yesterday. Yes, Lord, or, you you're know. right. Right. I don't and then want... here's the thing. And a lot of our friends, you know, a lot of our guys are doing that a lot of guys we know are taking that stuff okay? why okay well there's there are benefits in that you like you have libido instantly okay, yeah you have libido instantly but if there's no one to to share that libido with it's i mean now I've you're even more guys, frustrated yeah, than the, you were yeah that's but some of these guys are like oh i'm like i'm 18 i'm like it, i don't trust it i get no that, and, uh, and then the places that do it it's a it's like if I'm going to go to, like, <laughs> that's a serious procedure, injecting hormones. Yeah. Body. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to a place with a, with a serious-sounding name, preferably with the word doctor at the front of it. <laughs> yeah. These places, it's like, come on down to Mansanity. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting a transplant at Liverama either, okay? Yeah. I've always felt, and this may be I'm out there, but I've always felt that uh, wordplay and medicine – do not, do not belong together. together, right? No, they if do I not, ever sir. hear you got high blood sugar, you can't <laughs> diabetes these prices. Come on down, we'll take care of you. We have seven <laughs> locations. We are glue close to you. These <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, bro. I am with you. I'm so glad you are. No. I just I'm like, man, I don't trust it. You guys are gonna die or something bad's gonna happen to you, man. Something, yeah. You know, it's what not it's not. It just doesn't. It just seems to violate the natural progression of things. Sure, man. Because I guarantee you, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a, a relationship, and I'm good with where, where I'm at. Okay. Right. Okay. If, if I, if, if I wasn't, okay, yeah. and I met somebody that rang my bells, trust me, 
my low T would rise. Yeah. I mean, at, at yeah. that point, because at this point <coughs> of, of our of our lives, and, and me especially, I don't know how old you say again. Forty nine. Forty nine. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that into that mix. I think right now, and part of uh, raising that libido, I honestly do think is is what what you find sexy and attractive is somebody that you can just hang with. I and think I just with, I, I and, just and, sort and, of figure that out. Yeah. And you know, uh, if if we just get a a, a pizza and and yeah. that's it, you know, if we if we <coughs> if we do Netflix and chill and just do Netflix and right. I'm getting, not chill, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm good because I want to see. You know what? You know what? Sex? No, I kind of want to keep going with Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, that, and you find a woman like that. I'm I'm a big proponent. I'm a big fan of the, uh, uh, and, and maybe it's a rationalization, but um, quality over quantity. Sure, sure. At, and I at and this I point in my life and my, and I don't think I was like I think I was you know in my 30s I was not like that. You know no, now I no. now I start to see like oh yeah that is that you just got to find the right person that you can. Yeah. So you still hold out hope that the, sure, the, that man. there's somebody. Sure, so sure. I've never been like hopeless. I, you know, I mean, there's moments, but I'm yeah. Now I start to feel like that, and I need to also. I have some OCD things where it's like you you have this tendency to be like I got to get all this other stuff in order then I can focus on that. Well it's never all going to get in order. So, no. you know, it's not. It's not you're not going to all have it all and wrapped don't up. Don't you find it more, you know, as you get older you get a lot more set in your ways. I'm totally sure. guilty of that. You know, the longer I stay not a married person, the the no the more I know the the danger of becoming more and more set in my ways Right. because when you join together obviously you you've got to compromise and let's be honest it gets harder to compromise as you get older sure because this is how you're living your life right now and it works for you yeah so it it it, it becomes a a a slippery slope of sorts yeah yeah but uh, yeah no i i think i would welcome the uh of course you would the opportunity to compromise or you know you know the challenge of that i think um but yeah i just probably need to to date a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't worry about it no you know that maybe and that's and that's a little i'm bit just of, glad somebody else feels the same as i do about these testosterone oh things. hell yeah yeah i've been offered um opportunities to endorse oh my god as a radio guy they are all and I'm yeah like, and i'm like you know like well just come to just go to the office and hear what they have to say I'm like no i don't I talked to my doctor. I don't want to go and listen to what they have to say. I, I, I'm not interested. One of the things she said was like, um, this holistic doctor that I go to, she's like, if you do do that, you like you, yeah, you will, your testosterone will definitely rise. But you're, if you artificially, you know, uh, put testosterone into your system, your body will stop producing testosterone. Like that's it. You're done. Like you have to take it that way now like your body's done you know once you start bringing it in artificially which is a bad thing um i think it doesn't sound right no it doesn't doesn't make sense at all does it yeah all right we're on the same page <laughs> okay good there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this that totally disagree with no us. i know there's they gonna will. be a lot of people listening to this that, that 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 are taking the the injections and they're saying we're missing out i think so Okay, I've yeah. missed out on a lot of things in my yeah, life, yeah, 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 and yeah, I have no yeah, regrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we get close to wrapping things up, first of all, I want to thank you for again taking time oh, out. This is awesome on man. a Sunday. This is awesome man. on a Sunday. What a great what a great Sunday afternoon this oh, has this been. Is fun man. Greg Warren with us, you know, talking low tea. <laughs> <laughs> 
so glad. <laughs> talking low T and comedy. I'm just but, so glad I have somebody to talk to. <laughs> but you also, uh, you know, in this in this wonderful world of podcasting, you have a podcast as well. Yeah, some buddies and I started a thing in St. Louis called Trip to the Lou. Trip to the Lou. Oh, which is a great title. Yeah, they, my buddy Joe Murray came up with it, who's one of the co-hosts. And it's uh, basically me and, uh, you know, uh, three or four people every every week. We go to some place in St. Louis. And uh, and then the next day, we go into the studio and we talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty Beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Simple, fun. I've heard uh, at least half a dozen of them. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, we're, you know, we're starting to get the hang of it and... Uh, I really enjoy the guys that I do it with, and I, I don't have, I don't even really have a lot of ambition for it other than to, I'll tell you one thing, you know, you do run the, when you're a road comic, um, you sort of run the risk of like when you get back home, just sort of not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go to my dad's house, I go to Starbucks, and that's about it. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe the comedy club to say hi, but it's like, that's not a very um, enriching artistic life. So I was like, okay, if I do this, at least I'm getting out and doing something, and and with funny people. What's know? it? Uh, how's it? How's it affected you creatively? Because I find that this podcast has um, uh, either unconsciously or by happy accident has improved my interviewing skills immensely. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, oh, that's, so so. What's the benefit from what? Have you noticed any benefit from the uh, sure. twenty or so podcasts that you've done? I think it's um, enjoying humor. Mm-hmm. You can uh, be a comedian and not enjoy humor. Believe it or not, it opens uh, up a whole new world. I just when you're, I'm around these guys that I think are funny. Uh, I just, uh, I, I, I get, a, I find my like sort of inner silliness a little bit, and uh-huh. I think that's that's necessary. Uh, you should, I, I've come at comedy from a more a way too serious point at some points in my career, um, and then I, I think it's just getting outside and doing something and learning something new, like enjoying. I didn't. I did, do not have. I'm not the most like um, intellectually curious person in the world. Like sometimes, just like okay, yeah, that's the way that works. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I, I, I have sort of as as I've gotten older, I want to learn a little bit. You know, which I'm. I think your with. podcast reflects that. I think I think I think you sincerely come across as you're really digging the places you're going yeah, to, and, yeah, and the discoveries that you're finding. I think that, yeah, that, I think that you, cuts through. Yeah, and it's just so. And I and I. Uh, I mean, I'm and I'm very proud of uh, the city that I'm from. So I wanted to uh-huh. do something sort of St. Louis based. Is it is it hard to do it with with the guys? I mean, do you guys, no. do, do, have you have you are. Have you defined roles or, or not really? Other than I sort of take the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, the the rest of it, we sort of we go and we're you know we're we're still learning and still evolving. And um, but yeah, I, I we found you know a few guys are better at other things because I selfishly enjoy this one on one. Yeah, every once in a while we'll have uh, two, sometimes three guests on a podcast. Right, and while while I find that uh, still just as entertaining and engaging, it, it's it's more challenging to maneuver. A couple of extra voices. It is, man, but not as bad as I thought. We've sort of found a rhythm, and uh, some guys, you know, a couple guys, they're they don't talk as much, but when they do, they they really, you know, just hammer home something funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, do you have a great producer like I do with Greg Hansberry? I do, I do. A uh, guy named John Bolden, who's um, huge. He's he's great, man. It's hu- huge. It's it's you know he really knows what he's doing. This thing on any given week, good, bad, or indifferent. It rests on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I, and I and I kind of went to this thing with these guys. I'm like, listen, it's a company that does podcasts, and I was mm-hmm. like, listen, guys, what I will do is we'll go somewhere, 
and and we will go into the studio the next day and we'll record something and I'll take care of lining up the places I go. But after that, I'm not doing anything. I just don't have the time or the no. energy to really promote it that much or to do all the editing and all the post. And man, I, he's, he does a great job. Like, you know, you know I'm like the Greg. I'm the I'm the talking monkey here, but how it sounds on any given week. Him. It's so cool, he, man. He gets, there's guys gets, like him and, and John. So, and th- that awesome. It's become a real skill set, man. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, well, totally you can tell, is. like, that is really well produced. I give produced. him a lot of shit. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, 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 but it's 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 delivered with love. Yeah, yeah I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And also, yeah. you've gotten quite the uh, whiskey education yeah. over the over and, Yeah, I mean, and that's irreplaceable. Over I mean, the, cool. the, the things that you've learned about whiskey. You're learning a lot about whiskey, and you get and you get to taste some fine ones along the way. Yeah. Hey, you know, have all you want. As we do on Whiskey Business, we went down a side road, a side highway, if you will. Uh, trip to the Lou. How do we find Trip to the Lou? Uh, trip to the Lou.com and then, you know, any sort of whatever. Wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. It'll tell iTunes. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. Rate yeah. it. Review it. That always helps. That'd Much great, like man. our podcast, rate it, review it. You can get ours whenever you get it. Also, I want to remind people that uh, one of our early podcasts when we first started this was, uh, was uh, the 25 Days of Christmas Cocktailing. Which was based on the little book of humor I that, that I wrote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that book is still available at Amazon.com. Um, I think in 2018, I'm attempting a revision. Yes, yes, to include the eight highballs of Hanukkah. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, see, I like it. A oh. short revision. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so thank you. Uh, for those of you of the Jewish faith for only having eight days <laughs> as opposed to 25 days of Christmas cocktailing. But, yeah, we're going to do a revision of the book. Is it just Mogan David Wine every every day? <laughs> I'm thinking of titles already, you know, uh, the matzo ball. Yeah, yeah. The bad, ah, yeah. yeah, the bad rabbi, you know, uh, the, you know. Uh, the 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 yamaka i'm thinking you know whatever actually i have a very dear friend of mine who's helping me with uh, some of the titles uh, of the jewish faith who thinks it's a great idea and he can't wait for the revision so I like it, man. but it's available at amazon.com the 25 days of christmas cocktailing and if you want to listen to a fun podcast uh, go back and listen to that one in the archives because uh, yeah I, I think it was called the 25 days of christmas cocktailing yeah i have no control of that podcast whatsoever really oh yeah that was with the, the three guys that yeah talk about <laughs> yeah yeah talk about genius editing yeah it was the it was the three guys on it are the three guys that would come and taste test my cocktails right i called them the three not so wise men <laughs> of of that book and they would come every day and and you know after i'd been in the in the cocktail kitchen all right. afternoon coming up with these cocktails. They would come in and taste them and, and say yay or nay. One last question. Sure. One last question. The future of Greg Warren. Do you think about it? Do you obsess about it? Do you wonder about it? Do you fear it? Um, Any of the above? I definitely think about it. I, I, I'm sure... I obsess about it, but not as much as I used to. You know, I think you, you sort of have to realize you don't have as much control over things as you think. Um, do I fear it? Yeah, I, 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 I fear it a little bit. But I also, you know, look forward to it and anticipate. There's there's still some cool stuff that I could do. Because what I mentioned over there in the, in the opening, I, I, I think you have consciously or unconsciously widened those parameters of, of doing what you do and how yeah. you do it. 
right? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and it's, um, you know, I still think I always tell the young comics, you know, when you first start out, you're like, uh, I got this, these, these five, these five minutes here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, the, and, the, and I'm like, I hate to tell you this, man, but you're. In a year, you're not going to be doing any of those jokes. I right. know that you're babysitting those things, and that they're, they're your best. This is the best I got. This is like, is it? I don't think I'm ever going to write anything yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. are. You're going to have to. Yeah, I mean, I always so I tell like your your best uh, work is ahead of you, and I, I still feel like that. You know, I still feel like the best. You have to. So you think that's these these you. So do you think that some of the best Greg Warren is still ahead of you? I mean that's just some shit that I say, man. I'm not. I don't actually. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I do. I really do. I think I have to believe that. Now I fear that maybe it's not, but no, I do. I get excited. Don't about you think it. that's half the battle? Sure. Believing that the that there's still something, yeah. more to accomplish, more to finish. I do. Yeah, I think that you have to. Um, you know, I think I just the thing that still probably makes me the happiest is when that that new jokes mm-hmm. starts to come around the bend and you're like oh man sure. I th-. and then you do it and it's like oh man this is it that didn't it's not perfect but that thing is going to get it's gonna work man uh when that happens that low t just goes it goes up, up man it does, goes up. <laughs> yeah 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 now it goes up and all of a sudden you got libido I know, once man. again i know it's a different kind of libido oh yeah. man yeah. Uh, all right we gotta wrap things up once again i want to thank our sponsor the law offices of saya and Pyatt. Uh, you can contact them at uh, splaws.com 888-OVI-Ohio.com or 614-444-3036. You can contact them anytime for a free consultation. Award-winning lawyers doing award-winning work. And the guest bottle this week has been Hudson Manhattan Rye Whiskey, a nice little boutique craft rye whiskey, which, uh, yeah, you should try it, but... Uh, it's pricey for the small amount that you get, so you know, at your discretion for the hot. Did you like it, Hansberry? Yeah, it was good. I'm sorry you didn't get to partake. It smells in that. great, man. I w- I, and it, it is the kind of thing that I would have drank when I. Drank. You would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take our word for it. I will. I will. And of course, our guest. Greg Warren, a couple of quick info bites where they can find you, uh, follow you, et cetera, et cetera. Greg Warren comedy dot com is uh, you can pretty much find everything there. Everything there yeah, that yeah, we yeah. would want. Yeah. All your short films, everything we need. Everything, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. we way want more know. than you want or need. Uh, we'll, be <laughs> we'll let them be the judge. Of yeah, that, yeah, but, yeah. The, but it's all there. Yeah, buddy. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been a pleasure. I hope you man. had a good time. Had a, I had great, a great time, time, man. This is everything I, I would I was hoping it would be. Uh, a conversation with you so thank you for being oh, candid thank you for being honest yeah. and uh and thank you for not drinking our whiskey <laughs> <laughs> whiskey business is a never the luck production recorded with the cooperation of the columbus radio group all the opinions are those of me your host dino tripotis and my sometimes reluctant guests they're never meant to offend only to inform and entertain so until the next bottle see ya magazine advertising mascots b-movie posters and cartoons 
Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.